Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. All right, we are live for the Friday edition of the Morning Check-In. And uh, hopefully everything is going well for everybody. And uh, as always, looking forward to connecting to find out what's on your radar. And as I start this morning, it looks like there's a little bit of a glitch on my side here, but it's all fine and well. All right, man, I'm just, uh, just trying to finish off this week and going through the news and just seeing how certain events appear to be lining up for something uh, in reference to the lifeline extension or whatever i'm not quite sure how to play this out but you know with the bitcoin activity recently and all these you know banking events as well as the institutional investors raving over uh this bitcoin etf it looks like and i'm not surprised at all because i think i've mentioned this before in the past that uh bitcoin uh and this product rather bitcoin etf somehow some way could be and can be used as like a banking sector lifeline. And so outside of, you know, Vanguard CEO stepping down due to a lot of pressure, we got uh, more legacy banking systems uh, imploding with uh, NY, uh, B, uh, NYCB. And then also just this week, that looks like the announcement of some more banks just offering Bitcoin at, at this, uh, what's, what seems like a uh, coincidental time frame, but Anyway, we're going to get to that and a lot more. Uh, looking forward to connecting as always, man. Let me know where you guys are watching from. If you don't mind, hit that thumbs up button. Show your support for the channel. And we will try to make this a very productive and valuable live stream as far as offering a contrarian perspective outside the mainstream narrative. That's what this is all about, trying to cover everything from Wall Street all the way down to Main Street and uh, everything in between. And uh, let's have some fun this uh this morning, man. But before I do that, uh, as always, I feel like I have to kick this thing off with my little intro. So hang on a second. All right, all right, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm vibing with that uh, intro there, man. Gets my gets my energy, gets me going this morning. So, hope everyone's doing well, man. Let me know we watch from in the chat. We're gonna dive right in. And of course, today is March first, the beginning of a new month, and it's going to be a very interesting month. Lots of things are unfolding this month, and as always, I'm gonna to try to stay on top of it, share my two cents on it, and of course, get yours. And so, I'm gonna go through these headlines, and then at the very end. Open up a little bit of uh, Q&A, get your thoughts, as well as questions, concerns, whatever. Uh, this is an opportunity to connect with the people directly, and I'm looking forward to doing it. But 
before I do that, I always want to start off with some good news. Uh, no better news than actually diving into, you know, scripture and extracting uh, some relevant scriptures to really, I guess, get your day started with these devotionals. And so I'm going to get started with the devotional, do my big ups for my people to support the channel and then get right into the headlines and go from there. All right, let's do this. So today, March 1st, more than you is what this is entitled. And also in the chat, let me know if this is uh, uh, these uh, little short little devotions are a blessing to you to help you get your day started. Definitely want to get some feedback on this. But it says here, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. And this is from Second Corinthians uh, chapter one, verse eight through nine in the NIV. And shortly here, it says there are circumstances that come along that require more than you are humanly able to give. No matter how hard you try, they continue overwhelming you. In fact, the more you work to overcome your difficulties, the more they seem to defeat you. This is an indication that the Lord is stretching you, readying you to accept his power and wisdom for all you face. You see, he never meant for you to live the Christian life on your own. He meant it to be more than you can imagine. So do you fear that you won't stretch far enough or be able to do all that you've been called upon to accomplish? Does honoring God with all the challenges you face feel impossible? Good. You are ready to accept the help he is so willing to provide for you and trust yourself fully to the Father and discover how much he can do in and through you. And ended off with a little bit of a prayer here. Jesus, I cast my cares upon you, knowing you are faithful to help me. Thank you for this opportunity to experience your provision. Amen. All right, man. Just a little reminder as to who's in control of all of this as we move forward throughout the day. And uh, yeah, the morning check-ins, man, I'm really enjoying this opportunity to connect with you guys earlier and uh, just, you know, see what's trending in the news and, and formulate some thoughts around it and put it out there and let you guys chew on it and see what, what sticks, what doesn't. And as always, let's keep it moving, man. Let me get right into my big up. I'm excited to be able to offer opportunities to the community as always. So for those who are not familiar, this is for those who might be new to the community and don't know, but being prepared for whatever in these current environments will be crucial. So emergency preparedness through 4patriots.com forward slash RTD. Uh, this is their deals page here. And for those who are interested, they offer a variety of necessary items such as food as well as this refrigerator here solar power and a variety of other things here so if you are interested and want to find out more i encourage you to click the link in the description for patriots.com forward slash rtd will allow you to get your hands on all these items here and of course they got that three-month food supply which is a great option for those who want something a little bit long term uh and that uh allows you to get your calorie game up so if you're interested for patriots.com forward slash rtd link is in the description and another big up uh, for those who are still accumulating metals, despite all the digital distractions happening right now. But uh, Golden State Mint is offering their daily deals here. And it changes often. But then again, as you can see here, spot price uh, or premium above spots, two to three dollars, depending on what you're looking for. And they offer a variety of items here that uh, could be of use to you guys to help you preserve your current purchasing power in the days ahead. So go to rethinkingthedollar.com forward slash GSM or click that link in the description and you'll be good there as well. All right. Another big thing here, uh, really trying to really offer people some outside the box thinking. And I think the RCD crisis report does a good job of doing that. So if you guys are interested, you can go to rethinkingthedollar.com forward slash CR or RTD and get a hold of some very 
as I mentioned, outside the box thinking on a variety of subject matters to give you something contrary to what the mainstream media would have you believe. And as you can see here, a lot of precious metals are mining opportunities uh, for those who want to speculate and things ahead. And so just a lot of analysis here on things that uh, definitely worth paying attention to. So anyway, looking forward to bringing you guys more information. So check that out. Link is in the description. All right. Where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go from here? All right, man. So uh, as always, want to do, do a quick glance at uh, market activity and just see where things stand at this current moment. Skim through some of the legacy system uh, reporting. And let's jump right into, first of all, metals. Let me actually move myself over here so I can see what's going on. I got to clean things up on my end here. Give me a second. Give me a second. Let me get this out the way as I bring this up here. Hate to have all my business out there. Uh, let me get this out the way. All right. So I'll work with that. Anyway, we'll make it work. We will make it work. And this is what happens on the last minute. We try to make things uh, fit within a certain window here. Uh, let me bring this down some. All right. I'll work with that. Why does it keep going over? All right. We'll work with that. Anyway, so here we have uh, market activity for metals. And so as of now, we got gold doing a pretty decent bid. Doing a pretty decent bid, 20, 50, 54, silver, 22, 65, trailing right behind. And then I know we got some platinum and individuals out there. So I figure I would just jump on that as well. Even though platinum, palladium and rhodium, you know, metals that I haven't really dived into myself just because I stick to the to the uh, gold and silver because they are money. Uh, so platinum is 872 and we got palladium at 930 and rhodium, $4,200. <laughs> Good luck finding a rhodium one ounce coin at this current in this current environment. I've looked online, but I don't quite seem to be able to find them. So anyway, that's what's happening there. Let's dive into the crypto space real quick, and then I'm going to share my thoughts on what's happening in the crypto sector. So as of right now, uh, here's a variety of altcoins and everything in between, and it's a lot of uh, red right there. But then let's keep our eyes on the big honchos, which happen to be Bitcoin. Right now it's 61,940, and Ethereum is 3,400, and all the other ones that follow behind. And so um, what's happening in the equities market let's check and see right now so as the markets are open now it's a little bit of a mixture here uh, apple's down we got nvidia still doing its thing and uh, we got metas up right now and uh, let's look at the financial sector we got the credit services uh, visa mastercard they're all doing decent this morning and the banks unfortunately the banks are not doing too well this morning uh banks seem to be down a little bit this morning and uh, to no surprise, and that right there leads me right into what I want to touch on, and it has to do with uh, the implosion of the legacy banking system and how uh, I remember mentioning this a couple years ago because, it, it to me, it kind of plays out in a very tell-all fashion as to how this transition and what's being propped up, what's, what might potentially prop up the banking system, and it has a lot to do with all this Bitcoin euphoria right now. And so Bitcoin is taking over the airways of, in, in the financial world in general. And so as we're witnessing the legacy system come to a halt due to the basically the insolvency of all these banks being underwater. And I think, you know, the New York Community Bank Corp is going to be or going to be or has become the primary focus as to how to protect, preserve the narrative behind a stable system. And in between that, you got the financial uh, institutions, the investment firms, in particular, BlackRock, Fidelity, and, you know, the like. And they are getting a lot of attention and benefiting uh, off of this new financial asset class. And it, it was always a matter of time for me uh, to really see how Bitcoin is being positioned strategically as a 
potential lifeline for the banking system, the legacy system. And I'm not quite sure how they're going to utilize this ETF product as a way of propping things up or kicking a can down the line. But then again, they, they, somehow, some way, I just got a feeling that, you know, Bitcoin will be used to uh, protect or preserve the legacy system as much as they can until. And so I'm about to lay a little case as to why I think that might be the situation here. And I'd be curious to get your thoughts on this just because it, it qu seems quite obvious to me where they would want this to go, because as long as Bitcoin is doing well, it's going to draw in trillions and trillions of potential uh, dollars from uh, investors out of the old legacy system through the pipelines of this new financial product, which will ultimately come back on the other end to benefit the banks at, through fees and things of that nature. So we're going to talk about talk, touch on that right now and a couple of other things. So let's get right into it. Let me get my pages together here and we should be all good. So uh, here is something that is trending as of right now uh, on the Twitter sphere. And this is uh, about New York uh, Community Bank. And it says here, I'm going to just read through it real quickly and uh, we'll keep it going. It says New York Community Bank stock uh, extends decline at 25 plus, plus percent after reporting material weakness in internal controls. It says this is the same bank that acquired the collapsing signature bank almost one year ago. It says weaknesses were related to, quote, ineffective oversight, risk assessment and monitoring activities. So that's a good way of just saying that, you know, the bank is already underwater and solve it. And uh, the regulators, financial regulators basically swept under the rug and didn't do a good job of trying to, uh, you know, really help out the investors in this company here. But it says here the bank also announced that their annual report form 10K would be delayed. Can't have the truth coming out right when the banking is already very uh, fr uh, fr uh, fraudulent or fraudulent as well as fr uh, frail. But it says in 10 days, the, the Fed emergency loan program for regional banks is set to expire. What's next for the regional banks? So as you guys can see right here, we have just a recent activity uh, from this stock here, which we talked about it months ago when it dropped from $10, fell off the cliff. And then literally last night when markets closed, it fell off another cliff. And this led to the, uh, let me get this going here, the announcement of a the changing of the guards. And so here we got New York uh, New York Community Bank Court plunges on abrupt departure of CEO, <laughs> blame it on the CEO, and emerging internal control issues. So we have out with the old and in with the new. And as I mentioned, there's been a lot of activity uh, in the CEO realm these days. A lot of people stepping down, retiring for a variety of reasons. But it, to me, it just signals that behind the scene, there's multiple things. A lot of the CEOs are no longer uh, capable of maneuvering and managing the narratives of how the banks are stable and sound. So they literally are just you know, being pushed out or just to getting out of Dodge before stuff hits the fan, as well as a lot of other CEOs not willing to adopt the uh, current trend that's taking place right now with the, you know, with the creation of this Bitcoin ETF and all the things that they're going to be forced to do through this new sector. But real quick here, uh, it just says New York banker grew massively overnight last uh, last year, whatever, whatever it says. Last Thursday, the bank said that Thomas Ken Jimmy was stepping down as president after CEO of, after 27 years. He's been succeeded in the role by Asiandro Danelio, who also serves as a, uh, executive chairman. Bank shares down more than 50% already this year, plus 20% early Friday before the official start of trading. So once again, like the idea of trying to keep the narrative that everything is calm, cool, collective, it's not working. It's not working. And when you get all these CEOs jumping ship last minute, you got a lot of billionaire CEOs taking profits off their own companies. Uh, yeah, March is going to be a hell of a firework time frame. But 
shouldn't be of a surprise to anyone because we should all be expecting something to happen. And if that doesn't, you know, ring some fire alarms, how about this one here? We have, uh, let me see, let me scroll this down, kind of get this together. Vanguard announces, skip it, I'll just keep it this way. Vanguard announces CEO retirement and appointment of president. And so Vanguard been getting a lot of flack over the last 30 days as a result of them deciding to opt out of not allowing the Bitcoin ETF to be a part of their new financial asset class. And eventually after 30 days, seeing all this activity, lots of funds being pulled from Vanguard uh, and being brought over to the big boys, BlackRock uh, and Fidelity and the like. I think ARK Investment is number three. So while billions is flowing out of Vanguard, a lot of pressure on the CEO. And of course, he's obviously not wanting to go that route. So he's decided to uh, dip now while he still can. So once again, CEO Tim Buckley to retire by year end after a distinguished 33-year career, including more than six years as CEO. So another CEO decides to bite the dust due to, I'm sure, exterior forces, all in line with this whole narrative that everything is doing fine. The economy's good. Don't worry. We've avoided the recession, yada, yada, yada. Okay, keep it moving. So where does this leave us? This is what's happening right now. We have the Bitcoin ETF. Uh, man, like BlackRock right now is swallowing up everything whole to the point where there's rumors circulating that over-the-counter uh, availability of Bitcoin is drying up. Therefore, the price will continue to skyrocket. And there's no way that the banks can't miss out on this type of activity because they need all the support they can get, especially with this BTF uh, P coming to an end for the regional bank. So it says BlackRock Bitcoin ETF hits a record 10 billion in assets under management. This is the fastest an ETF has hit 10 billion assets under management at 37 trading days. Just 4% uh, of all ETFs have reached 10 billion uh, mark. More history being made by Bitcoin. And so when you zoom in here, you see the amount of inflows here. National, uh, national value, $10 billion. That's uh, enough to get a lot of people's attention and more so to shake up the legacy system in a sense. And uh, we ain't done with that yet. And so here, just a little bit of analysis from Mohammed uh, Al-Iran, who is a major news contributor but here, but this graph here says it all. It says, per the usual table of monthly performance for most, some major asset classes, a strong February for most, and especially Bitcoin. And as you can see above my head here, we have just the legacy system, Dow Jones, SP, NASDAQ. We got the European uh, 600, FTSE. We have Shanghai, Composite, Nikia, Gold, Oil, and Bitcoin. And out of all these right here above my head, year to date, 45% is the amount of, is, is, is just the overall percentage of value that comes from being all this Bitcoin activity. Whereas in gold is just negative one almost in the Kia due to the Japanese yen basically tanking is up 17% a year to date. And so Dow Jones, 3%, 6%, 7%, 3%. So you got all these other financial products, i.e. equities market, not doing as good as the Bitcoin euphoria. And so where is everything going to head? Eventually it's going to head towards the Bitcoin realm. And it's not a matter of whether you like it or not. It's more so it's just how they position this product in this exact moment in time, beginning of 2024, when there's so much uncertainty in the legacy system that uh, it's going to get a lot of attention. And speaking of attention, this is where things are heading <laughs> and it shouldn't surprise anybody. Bank of America, Merrill Lynch and Wells Fargo, two of the biggest banks in the USA are now offering Bitcoin ETFs to clients. So we got the biggest of the biggest, 
and just two of them as of now, but they are now jumping on board <laughs> what, I, what I call the banking lifeline train by offering the ETF products. And so by them offering ETF products, that creates additional revenue stream for them to be able to chart, you know, offer it to their clients on top of that, you know, be able to get a little bit of a compensation off of this vehicle that has been created. And of course, a bit for Wells Fargo and the Bank of America, they're some of the you know, top of the line GCFs here in our country. So they're not hurting the way that the regional banks are. But the question is, will the regional banks be able to offer these as well? We will see, but time will tell. And let's keep this party moving right along. So here is just more insights here as to the offering of these financial products at the same time that you know, the banking sector is being brought into question. <laughs> Merrill and Wells Fargo are taking Bitcoin ETFs even more mainstream. It says Wells Fargo will be offering Bitcoin ETFs to clients, says Bloomberg. BTFs recently saw a record high trading volume as cryptocurrencies price surge. Morgan Stanley is, uh, is another firm looking to offer spot ETFs as well. And so here we have just more details here. And this is a very um, not so surprising uh, event, as, as as I always mentioned, and we'll continue to pound home the fact that the banking sector, the legacy system is not doing well. They need as much of an, a lifeline extension as it can get. And so therefore, we're going to see more funds flowing into Bitcoin. So basically, the Bitcoin price right now is 61000 at this current time frame, expected to go parabolic even more so. They're about to drive Bitcoin through the roof. <laughs> And uh, you better believe it's going to probably kick the can down online a little little bit longer. And so uh, that's just my little two cents there. Curious to hear your guys' thoughts on, you know, this whole Bitcoin euphoria and where it's taking, where it's taking the banking system as well as the world. And this is just within the U.S. So you better imagine Europe going to jump on, Asia is going to jump on. And uh, yeah, I just, it's, to me, it's just more evidence how this whole transition, Bitcoin is literally the position to be, um, that saving grace for the system by design. So yeah, it is what it is. Okay. Let's get into a little other market activity here. Here's another little headline here uh, from Charlie Bellello. It says here uh, over the last 16 years, the U S stocks uh, have uh, gained 427% versus 85% for international stocks and 36% for the emerging markets. This is the longest cycle of U.S. outperformance that we've ever seen. So here you got S&P total in the blue. And then he has uh, all the other indices that he referenced here. And so look at how abnormal this is. And this is clearly a sign that the U.S. has literally propped up the financial system with all this liquidity taking markets to parabolic levels that you know the world hasn't seen before at the same time you got the buku billionaires deciding to opt out of the system and so where are all these funds coming from where's all this currency flowing from while also the money market accounts are also <laughs> at extremely high level, meaning, you know, the retail investors and a lot of the hedge fund firms are parking funds. there, receiving some type of, you know, spread on the current uh, difference between the Fed funds rate and the current market activity. And so where's all this currency flowing, flowing from? I would imagine it's flowing from overseas as well as all the parked funds and other financial products that's happened to see a lot of outflows at this current metric. But we haven't even started the QE process yet in the, in the Fed's pivot. And the fact these markets are already being so highly juiced up, just imagine where this thing is heading even higher until something gives, man. But that's just a little chart I thought was worth mentioning. 
All right, on to some other events in the fiscal side of things. It looks like Congress <laughs> has prevented another shut government shutdown. And so as of now, they've come to an agreement on some things, which, of course, is just a temporary stopgap measure. But it says Congress passed a stopgap spending bill preventing a partial government shutdown. And as of this early morning, it said the Senate voted 77 to 13 to approve a short-term spending bill that will prevent a partial government shutdown. It says the stopgap bill was a part of the broader bipartisan agreement between all four leaders in the House and the Senate. The deal also included an agreement on six of the 12 annual spending bills. So just six of the 12 spending bills, which is simply just funds that's already old, and they managed to be able to, to come up on some type of an agreement. Uh, let me get here. I saw some uh, details here. Uh, it says, uh, let me see here. Let me see. Let me see here. So basically, House Speaker, negotiators have come to the agreement on six bills, which is agriculture, FDA, commerce, justice and science, energy and water development, interior, <laughs> military construction, VA and transportation HUD. So once again, things that are not of significance, but then again, it is. But it's bills that are already due for those sectors there. Nothing here on the border or nothing other like should be surprised whatsoever. But then again, more can kicking, more currency creation, more deficit from our federal government here to keep this thing propped up. And then what else here? This is something that is very interesting to me. Elon Musk sues OpenAI and CEO Sam Altman over contract breach. And so it looks like Elon Musk is still playing that good guy narrative. And this has a lot to do with the trajectory and the direction of the uh, the language learning models that's being uh, put out by OpenAI and how he's basically saying that due to, which is probably just some dis disclaimers here in their initial agreements, he's deciding to run with this. So this lawsuit here is designed to slow down and to probably disrupt Microsoft and OpenAI, OpenAI's partnership because Microsoft literally stepped in last minute over the last couple of months and become the primary funder of a lot of activity in OpenAI, which when Bill Gates companies gets involved in anything, it, it ultimately monopolizes the game and ends up disrupting and hurting mankind, it seems. But anyway, it says in a lawsuit filed on Thursday, San Francisco court, Musk lawyer said the tech billionaire was approached in 2015 by Altman and OpenAI Core founder and agreed to form a non-prohibit, uh, so non-profit, sorry, lab that would uh, develop artificial intelligence for, quote, benefit of humanity. Said to this day, OpenAI website continues to progress that its charter is to ensure the AGI's benefit of all humanity. In reality, OpenAI, OpenAI has transformed into a closed a source de facto subsidiary of the largest technology company in the world, Microsoft. So basically, under new board, it is not developing what it was. Well, it is not developing, but is actually refining an AGI to maximize profit for Microsoft rather than for the benefit benefit of humanity. So Elon Musk is saying that. Basically, Microsoft has hijacked it. So that's a little bit of probably jealousy on his part because his his Grok AI is yet to really take off. And so he probably want to disrupt competition on the surface. But in actuality, by it slowing down OpenAI and Microsoft's little scheme there, could definitely do us some good because what they are holding on to on the back end definitely will not be good for this, you know, humanity in the end. It's going to disrupt more things. But then again, we all know that this is where this is heading. So. Anyway, sounds good, looks good, but then again, like it's good to say Eli got something behind all this, so make of it what you may. And then lastly here, says America's top policy priority for 2024. So this is a poll done by Pew Research, and it basically lets us know where Americans uh, who were surveyed or what their focus point are at this current moment heading into the presidential election. And so here is just the top things that they're concerned with, and it says America's top priority 
this year, strengthening the economy is number one. And so 73% of those polled, uh, and they usually do about, let me see, does it say here? Uh, let's say, da, 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 let me see how I find it. So out of 5,100 adults that were surveyed last month, 73% are concerned with the economy, 63 with uh, defending against terrorism and reducing finance of the, reducing finance, reducing influence of money in politics of 62, reducing healthcare costs 60. So right on down the like, but uh, the economy is clearly on everyone's mind at this current moment. Shouldn't be of a surprise. But then again, once again, it's the government's fault by this deficit spending and allowing the Federal Reserve to just basically monetize everything. So it's not much really can be done because if they stop that, economy crashes. If they continue that, they debase the currency, basically robbing everybody of purchasing power and everything alike. So shouldn't be of real surprise at all, but nothing can be done. And then here's another little interesting story here developing out of uh, Ghana. And so it looks like the IMF is threatening to cut off funding to Ghana after the passage of an anti-LGBTQ bill. And so the fact that uh, IMF and World Bank and all those other institutions out of the UN are literally just spreading debt, these just destroying countries all under the guise of we'll give you funds if you adopt our agendas. And so this whole LGBTQ push has been rejected by Ghana. So Ghana basically criminalized it. So anybody come out promoting or encouraging or even speaking on being a part of that community can face jail time. And so that right there disrupts the narrative of diversity and inclusion, which are the values of the IMF. And so they're threatening to, uh, you know, pull back funds and things like that. So once again, either you go woke, go broke. But it's Ghana's fought for becoming the slave of the lender, which is the IMF. So everything is done on purpose. So it's just something worth talking about. And then here's another story here uh, that <laughs> shows how over, overly, overly confident mainstream is because they don't know what's happening behind the scenes. It says 401k millionaires ranks grew 11.5% in 2023 since they are poster children for staying the course expert says so basically as of last year due to the juicing of the markets everybody's 401ks looking a little bit better these days and so they're saying that a lot of people are still following the course of invest and hold and save and all these you know companies here predominantly the magnificent seven while all the ceos are getting out leaving these individuals here holding the bag but as long as you look at the screen and everything's in the green which means that it gives you the illusion that you're becoming wealthier I guess a lot of people are still confident in that model here, but it says retirement 401k balances bounced back in 2023, the highest level in nearly two years. So um, a lot of people are feeling confident right now, but then again, those who are awake and aware know what's coming and those, the way those balances can go up and look good, they can also go down and not recover the same way, i.e. GFC and everything in between. So these are just some things that caught my attention today, man. But I think the, uh, Bitcoin euphoria are definitely designed to uh, provide the illusion of growth as well as to be used uh, by the financial cartel as a way to profit, as well as also prop up and uh, extend a little bit of a lifeline to the legacy system until it's not possible anymore. So we'll see. But anyway, this is what's happening, man. Uh, let's do a little Q&A real quick. And I'm curious to see what you guys are keeping your eyes on. And, uh, I, you know, I got I got Buku stories, man. I can also take you down um take you down the uh another pathway. We got more pictures popping up of the uh weaponry being used to uh start all these fires around the world and everything like that. But yeah, I'll say that for another time for time frame here. But anyway, what else we got here? So feel free, last minute, last couple minutes, share your thoughts. What do you keep an eye on? Highlight at RTD or rethinking a dollar in the chat. 
and I'll try to, uh, you know, share my two cents or address it. But anyway, man, this is just going to be an interesting month. This is the first day of uh, uh, what will be probably a historical month in many facets. So we'll see. Uh, it says Trump stole the drain. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Rolf, it says, is Trump the Messiah? I'll let you answer that. Uh, <laughs> uh, definitely. He has been positioned uh, to be a, uh, 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 let me see, what can I say? A, a, a pillar of hope for humanity. So, but this current moment is many distractions are, are needed. So he'll, he's playing his part. Uh, what else we got here? Jimmy Hatt says, if you live in a cold climate, freeze a water bottle and put your food in a cooler, then keep meat in a cooler outside. Okay. That's a, that's a method of preserving your meat. It looks like, uh, Jimmy says, Hey Mike, do central banks want the price of gold to go up or down stay or stay the same? Uh, my perspective on the idea of gold and silver not being included in the narrative of what's happening right now in this transition is definitely uh, favorable, favorable for the legacy system and favorable for the central banks as well, because they don't want gold and silver to be a part of anything mentioned in mainstream news. They don't want people to realize that by going backwards in the acquiring of real money, i.e. gold and silver, bringing it to your possession is the best method of preserve, preserving your capital in real time. And it's also out of the banking system. So they don't want anything to do with gold and silver. They don't want people to realize the importance of it. So therefore, prices will stay relatively flat or stagnant because that is the way of preserving the narrative that everything is fine by having all that legacy stuff, you know, go up in value, i.e. digits, ones and zeros in your screen and gold and silver stay neutral or go down. So uh, it's that Rolf says, you know, savior. I'm not sure who or what he's saving because once again, you know, if, if the if the monetary system is what is what is is what is at stake here, he's not really able to save that because it's all based upon debt and deficit spending. So, yeah, I'll leave that leave that alone. He's the promised anointed one. Uh, I guess for who? Not quite sure, but <laughs> a lot of people. Once again, I, I'm gonna refrain from sharing. You know. I guess, contrary viewpoints on either political candidate, because a lot of people, I don't want to, you know, a lot of people have hope and they want, they believe that if he steps in or whatever, he can save some things. So, you know, I don't, you know, everybody need hope. If your hope comes from that particular method there, sure. Have at it. But once again, you know, I just, you know, I don't want to ruin everybody, anybody's joy. If they find hope in, you know, a single individual who, you know, is in his life at this current moment, then, Hey, have at it, man. I just don't want to, uh, you know, be the, the buzz kill. <laughs> Cause at this point, if you're, if you're still believing that a single individual can save humanity, you know, outside of the Messiah himself, you know, then, you know, more power to you slowing things down possibly, but you know, saving no, he got hit with a huge, with a huge fine. Yeah. And I, I think that goes into why he decided to uh, come out with the, the Trump 1.0 shoes to try to, you know, make up for some of those losses he's incurring by, selling, you know, his supporters shoes. So if you buy you if you buy your pair of Trump one Trump ones, <laughs> they might be uh, you know, uh what you call them, um uh what you call them things. Uh they might end up being yeah, and antiques or something. I don't know. Can't think of a word. Uh it says better safe than sorry. Uh towards what, uh, Jeff, what are you referring to? Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? 
it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Uh, what does it say here? Uh, better safe than sorry. 100%. Uh, what else we got here? I don't, I don't see much much uh, Q&A, much thoughts here. See a little bit of spam popping up here. Appreciate the spam. It uh, takes time to, uh, you know, to to uh, to spam people. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan. You know, I do collect shoes. I do like my shoes, but I ain't buy no Trumps, especially paying three ninety nine. But silly sneakers, one hundred percent. Go, yeah, and that's one thing. They are they are gold. Well, white gold shoes. He could have came out with some white some white shoes, some black shoes. He came out with gold. So once again, it plays into a lot of people like, oh, that's a sign right there. He, you know, just Sarah and Sarah. He bringing gold back. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I heard that too. Uh, Aces of Silver says, Aces Up Silver says, my question with all the fires, uh, should it be mandatory to have all the new construction done with blue roofs? <laughs> um, mandatory? Believe me, that mandate wouldn't come from the government because they would have to switch up, you know, how their beams, uh, you know, what, what their beams uh, consider, you know, non-touchable rules compared to everything else is uh, acceptable. So I think, you know, from the alternative perspective, we're witnessing people who paint their rules a certain color of blue, ideally royal blue and slash that baby blue in between there. It appears that even Biden mentioned that, you know, those who got the right roof, referring to there, the distinction between regular rules and the preferred rules to avoid being, uh, you know, devastated from fire. But, uh, I, yeah, I think, you know, here's the thing, like, will, will people inside, you know, uh, the metropolitan area actually start painting their rules blue? I'm so sure some will, but then again, like, yeah, just, you know, there are certain areas that have already been designated as like smart city type areas that will be devastated. And it, it could there be some metropolitan areas that are ultimately burned down for the purpose of turning into smart cities? Yes. And then here's a problem with that. If you are one of the houses that have the blue roof and everything around you burned up, your house is still good but that entire area will be labeled as a hazardous area and will be taken over by uh, the city or the state or the government and turn into a, you know, smart city type of, you know, build back better zone. And so your house, even though it's saved, you still gonna be booted out because that entire region, including your property will fall under that same category as, you know, a devastated zone or whatever. So even painting your, your house blue in an area that they want to designate as a, restricted area for their purposes, you're still going to be having your house confiscated. So, you know, like having a blue roof don't won't save you because the agenda still moves on is what I'm getting at. So that's just if all this blue roof stuff is real or not. So um, uh, hammer pants. <laughs> uh, the three strikes was left with over one billion 
uh, said the three strikes was left with over one billion worth of Yeezy sneakers. Plans were put forth to full to possibly write off the investment, destroy it. Um, yeah, so I saw that Adidas went woke, and of course they went broke. But then again, if you look at Adidas' new line of shoes uh, through the, their basketball um, uh, representatives, they're 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 trying to up their game with creativity. So their new Adidas line is getting a lot of attention, and the shoes look pretty decent. So I mean, once again, I'm no longer playing the way I used to play, but I definitely would buy those lines. So Adidas, they'll make up the difference. They'll write off that easy line. And with this current line that they have, they'll probably make up that. Because as of right now, as long as people still spending, they'll definitely be willing to buy, you know what I'm saying, some uh, Adidas sneakers. So Mia says, uh, Arizona, 15-minute city. I don't doubt it. I would imagine every state between now and 2030, when all this is designed to be completed, they're going to have, you know, major, major smart city type of infrastructure, uh, whether done by the public sector or the private sector, because mind you, the public partner, public private public private partnership through the world economic forum they're all in line with this so uh it's not a matter of if it's more so when and at the end of the day uh, as things continue to move forward i think these plans will eventually pass like it, so much only so much resistance that people can actually do with this current time before this stuff is brought to fruition so but to resist as much as you can to push back to speak truth, shine light on darkness is definitely key in the meantime, because it wakes more people up and it hopefully prolongs their ability to do what they're trying to do. But as far as stopping it, I'm not really confident you can do that because all of this has to go down that pathway towards this uh, outcome that is inevitable, where there will be that one world structure at some point down the line. It has to happen. So it's more so sooner or later. Anyway, okay, so I'm at that 40-minute mark past my time frame here, but it's always good to interact with my people. Appreciate you guys for tuning in this morning, man, and uh, hopefully you can find some value here, keep you guys up on what's trending in the news, and uh, share my two cents on some things. So just uh, you know, keep your eyes out on the Bitcoin frenzy. It's going to, only going to increase <laughs> because the legacy system needs it and the financial uh, deep state operatives need it to go that way. So uh, we will see, but... All right, my good people, enjoy your day. Have a blessed uh, Friday and a blessed weekend. Stay up, stay positive, enjoy life, as well as just, man, love on your family and friends while they're still here because you never know because life is short and we're witnessing that more and more these days. So be blessed, be safe. If you haven't already, hit that thumbs up button. You found any value here, share this so more people can find out what's going on. And as always, for those who are coming across the replay, all the resources you need to stay plugged in is in the description. And I'll catch you guys later. Peace.